This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about freeze drying. Yes, and this was a uh, you suggestion, Lauren. Uh, is there any particular reason this was on your mind? Was it a me suggestion? <laughs> it was. <laughs> I I believe you. I feel like it was in a list that you had sent me of listener mail uh, suggestions. Yes. But uh, but it's possible that I ran across something and was like, what's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, as Annie and no I were discussing right before we hit record, this is a long and wacky day for both of us. So, <laughs> yes, I have had four cups of coffee, lots of caffeine. I'm a, normally a two cup gal, everybody. Two cups before noon. But now four. Wow. So, yeah. If this episode gets weird, <laughs> blame the caffeine. It's not either of us. We we normally are not weird or awkward at all. It's caffeine oh, only. <laughs> no. It's certainly not, like, to the point that that's part of our brand. Um, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, free, freeze-drying. I've never done it myself. I guess no. I appreciate freeze-dried. I don't know, like, the the, the, the texture of unreconstituted freeze-dried foods always kind of mm-hmm. wigs me out, unless it's astronaut ice cream. In which case, I'm a thousand percent in. Oh, really? Yeah. I still have deep nostalgia for, like, that was, like, the thing. Like, if I was allowed to get something from the gift shop of the science museum that I went to when Uh I was a kid, it was either going to be a rock or some astronaut (laughs) ice cream. Rocks were cool as a kid, weren't they? Rocks are still Uh, cool. I still collect rocks. (laughs) 
my mom before the pandemic, uh, she just said out of the blue, I went to my rock guy and I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> rock guy? She has you have a, a whole guy. guy for rocks? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Respect. Yes. Well, that's interesting. Was it the just because you wanted kind of a food thing or was it the astronaut angle or uh, both? It was, it was both. It was both. It was, uh, you know, I've always been very food motivated. Um, mm-hmm. And also, it's just novel because the the, the, yeah. the texture and the temperature is so not what you expect from ice cream. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still good and it still tastes like ice cream. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it. I really... Oh, that's right. I've been meaning yeah. to get you a packet for like heckin' four years. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> oh, we can fix this. But I... I did really love Dippin' Dots, and not that they're the same, but kind of in that same vein. But it's it was cracking me up the other day because somehow I was talking to some a friend of mine, and the uh, subject of space camp came up, and I went when I was in sixth grade. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And my, the souvenir I got, which to this day blows my mind, of all the things I could have chosen at the space camp gift shop, I bought a an alligator keychain. <laughs> sure why they were selling that there. But. Uh, what, did you go to the one in Cape Canaveral, Florida? I went to the one in Huntsville. See, that makes even less sense. I would, well, I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't know about Huntsville and alligators and its connection to swamplands. Maybe it right. is equally adjacent to alligator-containing swamps as hmm. Cape Canaveral. Yeah, possibly. I couldn't tell you. Possibly. I know there is a lot of... Uh, Wildlife, it's like a really biodiverse area in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that's a that's a whole different show. That's, that's yes. I don't think that's our show. I still have the keychain. I, uh, I, I still have the the toy that I got at my space camp, which is this weird little like two-headed alien dude who kind of looks like a rock and kind of okay. looks like a troll doll. It's sort of I'll post a picture. Please, because I'm having trouble visualizing this. <laughs> yeah, as well you should. Oh, and it's got like a duck bill. Each head has a duck bill anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's a lot. Yes. yes it's very please. the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that explains. The 90s helps <laughs> me put, get an image in my head. So related to this episode, we do have a frozen food episode. That's one of our earlier ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we do have a space food episode that has one of my favorite, I'm most proud of that title. That is one of my, because I came up with that. That was an Annie original. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you come up with most of the titles, but sure. Yeah. I do. But uh, sometimes, you know, I feel like it's been done before. Oh. That one came to me and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> ground control to major nom. Yeah. We have a t-shirt about that, too. Yeah. We do. T-Public. And also, yes, T-Public. I like that t-shirt. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, hard to agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have a MRE episode, which is uh, very closely related to a lot of what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Um, but so with, with that varied introduction, um, <laughs> I suppose it brings us to our question. It does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze drying. What is it? Well, uh, freeze-drying is a method of drying foods by freezing them in order to preserve them. 
Um, but there are like a few other steps or or conditions in there. But but heck, I love it when like the base explanation for something is so straightforward. Yeah, it feels like it's been happening more often lately, but generally it it never is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, huh, huh. I say I, I I'm I, I'm sorry. I just went on a brief mental. Uh, dig yeah. about like what that says psychologically about like the topics we're choosing or maybe just right. the concepts we're anyway. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so freeze drying. The science words for freeze drying are uh lyophilization and uh cryo desiccation. Yeah, that sounds bad. That sounds like <laughs> I'm I'm going along in a in a video game. And I somehow like get freeze raid and just shrivel and die. Yeah, though that's approximately what cryo desiccation is. That's you've you, you've you've excellent. You've got it right. Um, I don't so know about clear. the freeze rate part, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah. Um, the lyophilization. We're gonna get into the etymology of that one a little bit later on. But uh, but freeze drying works, whatever you want to call it, um, by sublimating water out of substances. And uh, sublimation is this really interesting physical process because typically we, we think of substances going through three distinct stages of being physical um, in, in a particular order. If you have a solid thing, you expect it to become a liquid uh, before it becomes a vapor, right? And vice versa. If you've got a vapor, it condenses into a liquid and then further condenses into a solid. And And these are energy states that under normal Earth circumstances correlate to how warm a substance is. You know, the, the, the molecules in a frozen substance have very little energy. If you add some energy, they might loosen up and start kind of sloshing around as a liquid. And when you add enough energy, those molecules will break free of each other entirely and become gaseous. And that's the process of evaporation. But in sublimation, solid water crystals skip the liquid state entirely and go straight to being a water vapor. And in order for this to happen, the the solid water molecules need to have enough energy to escape as a vapor, but the circumstances have to be wrong for a liquid to happen. Yeah, no liquids. The stars are wrong for liquids. (laughs) Um, And enter here, not like Cthulhu, enter here, pressure. Because at extremely low pressures, adding energy to a solid can force it to go straight to a gas. Like, it it doesn't have the chance to cohere as a liquid in the middle. So, in order to make this occur, um, uh, you're you're going to take the food that you want to freeze dry and place it in an airtight chamber in a a machine that can get really cold, uh, say like negative 50 degrees Celsius, which is negative 58 Fahrenheit, though at that stage, I I don't think that the difference really, it just means cold, quite cold, yeah. not warm. Um, <laughs> quite cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, then, you then vacuum the air out of the chamber, thus lowering the pressure in there. And you want to get that pressure all the way down to like 0.06 atmospheres. Um, and remember, uh, one atmosphere is what we experience just hanging out outside at sea level. So 0.06 atmospheres is 94% less pressure than we typically experience. Yeah? hmm Okay. Then, uh, so you got this, you got this cold stuff at a at a very low pressure. 
At that point, you use heating coils to apply just enough heat to make those water molecules start to sublimate. And this tends to be a low and slow kind of process. It can take hours or even days to um, to slowly apply this low heat to get most of the water out of the food. Um, the, the machine thus clearly also has to be able to suck the water vapor away in some form or another. And then uh, to get even more water out, you often employ another stage of drying. Uh, Some of the water molecules are going to be ionically bound up to some of the food materials. So heating it a little bit higher for a short period will break those bonds and get more water out. But at that point, you got to dry food. Um, (laughs) And you just seal it in an airtight package and it's freeze dried. There you go. There, just just like that. Easy peasy. Simple. Also, sublimation. If it's not a horror movie, ooh, it's a good title. It is. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. Uh, I'm. A, I'm nervous. Okay. Sure. Well, because because it reminds you of sublime, but also subliminal. Mm-hmm. Lots of things. Lots ooh. of things going on here. Yes. <sighs> At any rate, in food, not in horror <laughs> movies, this is useful for a number of reasons. Um, first, uh, drying foods out in general preserves them, um, which is cool because many of the microbes that cause food to spoil, which is really like a grosser way of saying that those microbes have eaten the food before a person had a chance to, um, microbes need water to survive most of the time. Um, So if you remove the water, those microbes are way less likely to eat and spoil the food. Second, the albeit way easier process of heating foods until the water just evaporates out of them, um, will also affect a lot of the volatile compounds within those foods. And volatile compounds tend to be the the ones that give food their flavor, their their scent, uh, part of their taste, maybe some of their color. And many of them are sensitive to heat. This is why, like like a cup of coffee never tastes the same if you microwave it to rewarm it, because some of the flavor compounds that you, you know, created in it in the first place by heating it once are sensitive to further heating. So they'll um, escape or break down or recombine into more other less rad flavor compounds upon a second heating. Similarly, when you heat dry foods, uh, some of the volatile compounds in them will either escape the food entirely um, along with the water vapor or they'll change into some other different compound. Freeze drying disturbs fewer of those flavor compounds. Um, Also, related to cold versus heat, most microbes need heat to live, too. So keeping the food cold while you're drying it is like a double action against spoilage. And furthermore, uh, drying via heat evaporation doesn't tend to get all the liquid out of a substance, only like 90 to 95 percent of, of, of the liquid. With, uh, with the freeze-drying process, uh, those, that, that two-stage freeze-drying process that I, that I explained, um, you, you can get out like 96 to 99 percent of the moisture. Mm, always that one percent. Huh? Always, oh, you know, you know, it's never, never perfect, never perfect. <laughs> um, freeze drying also disturbs fewer other compounds in a food. I'm allowing those foods to retain more of their nutritional properties, which is also why uh, conventionally frozen foods uh, are typically more nutritious than canned foods because the canning process involves heat, which destroys some nutrients. Freeze drying also doesn't disturb the texture 
of a product so much as heating. Um, you know, heating is going to uh, uh, change and constrict some compounds like proteins, leaving thus dried foods tough when they're dried. And it can be difficult to impossible to, to reconstitute them to an approximation of the original texture because you have to really work to get the moisture back in there. And freeze drying isn't perfect. Um, it, it does require, you know, ice crystals to form in a food. And ice crystals are, you know, expanding and pokey. And so, you know, they can really, they can really like, like bust up cell walls and wreck a texture if you're not careful. Um, but, but, but when those ice crystals do sublimate, it at least leaves a more like three-dimensional structure around where the crystals used to be, which makes rehydration easier. It gives the water places to go, so you don't have to do as much work to get the water in there. And that, that right there is the appeal of freeze-dried ice cream, because it just melts in your mouth when the moisture in your saliva hits it. Same goes for freeze-dried baby foods, like little like yogurt drops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And if you are careful, you can avoid uh, large ice crystals forming and uh, preserve the original texture of the food pretty well. Um, this involves rapid freezing, and there are all kinds of tricks to achieve that, which I'm not going to go into today. This is already a long mm. enough science section. <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> um so the result of all of this is uh, foods that are shelf-stable for years, like a, like three-plus years in bags, 25-plus years in cans without losing um, their, uh, their desirable traits, and uh, can be eaten either as-is or, yes, reconstituted with a bit of water. Applications for this include everything from, like, the freeze-dried berry slices that you find in your box of dry cereal um, to uh, snacks like veggie sticks to ingredients like uh, cottage cheese or milk um, or beverages like coffee to instant foods like miso soup or mashed potatoes or scrambled eggs to full meals that are preserved for like extreme situations, like uh, they'd, they'd be useful if you took them on a hike or if you put them in a bomb shelter or if you were going to go to space. <laughs> Which I think I've said before, but that is on my to-do list. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> it's like all these like, get book published, uh -huh. uh, run a marathon, uh -huh. go to space. Go to space. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. No, a, a, it's important to have goals. Uh, B, I'm glad. I feel like I'm helping. Yes, you are. <laughs> Many tips I'm getting from you. <laughs> uh, um, and of course, of course, uh, freeze drying is used in other industries than food. Uh, uh, for, for the same reasons that it works in food preservation, it can work for preserving um, drugs like antibiotics, uh, biological samples. It's also been used to help um, restore water-damaged objects. Like, a, like if a rare manuscript or something gets wet, they can try to freeze-dry it to get the moisture out without damaging the manuscript. That is so cool. I know! National Treasure 3! Oh! Ooh. <laughs> Here's the idea! Yeah! <laughs> Nick Cage, call us. Call us. Please! <laughs> we know you're a big fan. <laughs> so, what about the nutrition? Okay, if you're eating the process of mechanical sublimation, um, you're, you're God level, 
And Mm -hmm. I am honored and or concerned that you're listening to our podcast. So Nick Cage. So Nick Cage. (laughs) Uh, Still call us, but I have more questions. Yeah, we've got some (laughs) follow-up questions here. (laughs) (laughs) We do have some numbers for you. We do. um, uh, I mean, all of this technology might sound like completely wacky because it kind of is. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But you can buy a home freeze dryer for like a couple thousand bucks these days. It is more expensive than other machinery or, um, you know, stuff that you would buy for dehydrating or canning or freezing, uh, partially because it requires more energy, partially because it's just a kind of fancier process. Right. Um, And the hilariously named Mordor Intelligence, which I believe we've mentioned before. Every time it cracks me up. Every time. I'm like, I know. Is this on purpose? No. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I hope so, too. Uh, They recently reported that the freeze-drying market was growing at a rate of 7.5% a year, and that this very year, 2021, it would be worth $66.5 billion. North America is the largest player in this market, uh, holding 35% of the market share. Uh, Yeah, I I saw um, numbers projected from, like, a year or two ago out further, and it seems like we're right on track for for that projection. Um, The biggest uh, segment of the freeze-dried market is fruit. Um, accounting for about a third of the market, probably because that stuff can go into a large number of shelf-stable snacks. Um, growing segments include outdoor activity foods for like for like explorer adventurers, you know, who are right. getting out there and doing the thing, um, and pet <laughs> foods. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that was one area I forgot as someone who. Once upon a time, about a year ago, was a very active outdoors person. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that is a big part of the market of these kind of like sustaining snacks for the wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> but uh, you know, I thought the history of freeze drying was going to be relatively recent, but that's not necessarily the case. Right. It goes back way further than I thought. And we're going to get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Let's hit it. 
Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, uh, humans, especially those that lived in cold areas or near mountains, perhaps, have been performing a simple form of freeze-drying for thousands of years. Whether we're talking about the Peruvian Incas storing foods like potatoes in the cold mountains for a convenient and safe way to preserve foods or travel with foods, and, you know, especially when we're talking about the altitude and the pressure involved there. Or indigenous peoples in places like Canada using the cold, dry atmosphere to preserve crops and or fish. Um, and we did we did talk about this in our frozen food episode too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, jumping way ahead <laughs> to eighteen ninety, Richard Altman became the first known person to freeze dry something in a laboratory setting when he froze two biological samples. Uh, he envisioned using this process primarily for medical reasons, but it really didn't cause much of a stir at the time, and kind of went ignored uh, for many years. The technology just wasn't there to make it worth the while. Yeah. Uh, remember that um, the first modern refrigeration technologies were were only invented starting around like the 1840s and 50s, again, in like laboratory settings and economically scalable technologies for, for just like making ice or right. keeping a thing cold. Um, didn't hit the scene until around, yeah, like the 1880s or 90s. Um, and see our ice episode for more on that. So many episodes uh-huh. connected to this one. Uh, and before I get into the next part, I do want to have, I want to share a beef as a podcast researcher. Uh-huh. Um, okay, one, <laughs> this one gets kind of wild into how many people are credited with inventing uh, <laughs> freeze drying. <laughs> But also, I had to work real hard and sometimes didn't succeed on just finding the first names of people. <laughs> They're oh, just like yeah. Kind of an assumption that I, and I kind of love that, that in this like freeze dried research world, there's just <laughs> an assumption that you know who these people they're talking about are. But I don't. <laughs> well, I, I think I think it's more this uh, this presumption that like the uh, yeah, like, well, OK, yeah, like 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 on, on the one hand, it was probably a pretty small community of scientists who were probably fairly interconnected. Um, but B, certainly when you cite someone in 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 work. Uh, in your in your own work that's that's extrapolating off of their work, you're you're not going to give their full name. That's unprofessional. Mm-hmm. You just give maybe the first initial and the last right. name, but probably just the last name and a uh, date citation. And yeah, yeah, this this is definitely a like scientific <laughs> paper issue yes. that I I don't know. Like I think it's also trying to like to like 
decrease the the importance of a single human's impact uh. on a field just a little bit um and and mm-hmm. promote the the overall intellectual content of the research but I'd, I'm not. I'm not positive. If, if anyone out there has any uh, feelings about that, I would love yes. to hear them. That's the concept I kind of got working in um, copy editing for medical publishing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, it's a very minor beef, but it is a beef that I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I understand this is not my world, and I am an interloper. So it's a, it's all right if that's the way it is. <laughs> You'll give it to him. <laughs> I absolutely will. Okay. Um, so okay. Freeze drying was invented, in quotes, in the more modern sense in 1906 by one Jacques Arsène d'Arsneval at the College of Paris. Or that's one version of how this story goes. Other histories of freeze drying don't even mention him at all. Huh. So, um, and the history of the freeze dryer itself, the machine, is a bit murky, too. Uh, Historians speculate that it evolved from lab equipment, this equipment called a chemical pump, that was mentioned in a scientific context in 1905. L.F. Shackle took this design and modified it in 1909 or 1910, uh, replacing the previous method of vacuuming with an electric vacuum pump. And he also figured out that prior to the whole process, the item in question needed to be frozen. Freeze dryer. Uh, <laughs> the, the name of the first person to call it that is lost to time. Mm. Mystery's history. Others built office design, and two patents for improvements to the freeze-drying process were filed in 1927 and 1934. The first commercial freeze-dryer came out the following year, making way for mass production. I. Gersh uh, created a vacuum plant specifically for freeze-drying blood and organs, and this technique of freeze-drying is sometimes referred to as the Gersh-Altman method. During World War II, freeze-drying became much more common since it was used to preserve blood, um, which was very important because there was a shortage in Europe due to the war, and also penicillin. Um, and that was important, too, that, that both of these things could be used on the battlefield without refrigeration. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. was sending blood and penicillin to Europe. Earl W. Flossdorf gets a lot of credit for this uh, whole thing. Industrial freeze-drying began taking place during the 1950s, and in particular in the world of food, which we are a food show. (laughs) So much experimentation and refining took place. Um, The technology advanced, which we also discussed in our frozen food episode, uh, and not just in the world of food, but definitely the pharmaceutical industry is a big part of this story. Uh, The U.S. military started developing freeze-dried rations around this time as well, or, or experimenting with them for sure. Mm-hmm. Stepping back a bit, freeze-dried coffee came onto the scene in 1938, or like, to me it sounded more dehydrated coffee, but people put it in this story. Um, I think I think it's the, 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 the type of dehydration that was going on is, it, it is a freeze-drying, not just a dehydration. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and this sparked all kinds of experiments with powdered food products. Allegedly, Nestle was trying to figure out what to do with a coffee surplus in Brazil, and they were also experimenting due to wartime requirements. So here they go. They launched Nescafe, uh, and instant coffee was something they were constantly tinkering with and improving upon. Because of that, 
Nestle figured out a more successful, efficient way to freeze-dry instant coffee in 1964, and soon many other companies followed suit. The term uh, lyophilization, which I promised we would come back to, now is that time, um, was Mm -hmm. coined, I believe, in the 1960s um, by one Louis-René Ray, who was working in in methods and industrial applications of freeze-drying. And lyophil is like a loose, ancient Greek-inspired word, meaning literally solvent-loving. And he meant this word to evoke the idea that the the dried products um, that this process produces love being reconstituted. They're really (laughs) excited about the solvent in question, which is water. And so, yeah. Lyophilization. <laughs> it reminds me of those old movie, like cinema ads where it's like the popcorn singing. Um, <laughs> I just feel like so excited about water. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the 60s, over 400 different types of freeze dried foods have been produced on the commercial level. Um, James Mercer, who served as the chief development engineer for Hills Brother Coffee Incorporated from 1966 to 1971, ended up receiving 47 patents, both from the U.S. and abroad, for his work around continuous freeze-drying capability. And of course, space! You have to say it that way, and you have to make the gesture. You do. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Very important. I was also making the gesture. You can't see either yes. of our gestures because this is an audio podcast. Yes, but I bet you know exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, when humans started going into space in the 60s, scientists had to figure out the best ways to send food products with them to keep them sustained. And these items needed to be convenient, long-lasting, nutritive, lightweight, compact, and at least somewhat tasty. Somewhat. Somewhat, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, which is where an area that has seen much improvement Mm -hmm. over the years. Um, Freeze-dried foods checked all those boxes. No refrigeration required. Beginning with Project Gemini, uh, when the first freeze-dried food products were sent to space, freeze-dried foods have been a staple for space flight. Whirlpool Corporation made and packaged these first freeze-dried foods with the help of NASA and the U.S. Army Laboratory. To prepare these meals, astronauts used these water guns <laughs> to inject cold water into the package. The package was then cut with scissors. Later, a hot water gun allowed for a choice of hot or cold water. Ooh, for warm yes. foods. Warm food, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then once eaten, a small tablet was inserted inside the package to prevent any bacteria from growing. But of note, not all uh, freeze-dried foods have to be rehydrated before eating, especially in this context. Mm-hmm. Companies quickly realized that they could capitalize on this. (laughs) Marketing to kids who wanted to, quote, eat like an astronaut. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Action Snacks was the first to sell freeze-dried astronaut food, and ice cream was their first product. And they still sell millions of dollars worth of these products a year. The Goddard Air and Space Museum commissioned the founder of American Outdoor Products, Ron Smith, for a commercial freeze-dried ice cream that they could sell in their gift shop. And, you know, it just (laughs) went from there. In 2016, Stephen Colbert said, astronaut ice cream is a fraud, so I hope you had a good childhood because it's over now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and he was referring to the fact that astronaut ice cream only went to space once, apparently. Like, even, maybe not even that. Like, Yeah, it definitely wasn't. It was not a popular food item. It never really, it was, it's really more for kids on Earth. Uh, <laughs> than astronauts than in space. Than astronauts in space, yeah. Yes. Well, we never settled my beef with Stephen Colbert. Oh. We're still open. Lauren's my second. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Colbert. Also call us. Yeah. We're we're ready and waiting for all these very important <laughs> phone calls. <laughs> uh um and yeah, that that brings us uh pretty much up to today. In the in the early two thousands, um, food service companies serving Mormon communities, started marketing freeze-dried products there. Uh, uh, one of the kind of tenets um, that many Mormons follow is to, to keep a, a year's supply of um, emergency food on hand. There's also a bit of a, of a craze for freeze-dried and freeze-drying foods in the uh, 20-teens, um, driven by survivalists and uh, preppers. Yeah, I forgot about that because when I was researching this, that was a, a lot of the first page results were about about that. And yeah. I kind of took me aback. It makes sense, but I just hadn't put that together. Just wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, that is what we have to say about freeze drying for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you. We do. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Mail. It's supposed to be space, but that was kind of more of a ghost thing that happened. <laughs> it was it was it was both. It was a ghost in space. Space ghost. Space ghost. ghost. Oh, that's a different thing. Uh Anonymous wrote, or not anonymous, but wanted to go be anonymous for this. Hmm. I just listened to your classic brunch episode and wanted to share some international insights, specifically German ones. I was kind of surprised by your notion that brunch is considered to be the epitome of gentrification and lavish wealth, because to me, brunch is the opposite of that. For Hmm. a start, we rarely say brunch, except for all-you-can-eat buffets, drinks always excluded. We say Fühstücken, having breakfast. That is also still possible well into the afternoon. Hmm. can be anything from a coffee and a croissant up to a full meal of several breakfast platters and the soup of the day. Next up, who goes brunching? And I have to say, everyone. Hmm. <laughs> it is quicker, cheaper, and overall less of a commitment than dinner or drinks or even lunch. I used to work in a cafe pre-COVID, and we had regulars that came in multiple times a week for their mid-morning meal, saving time and money on breakfast and lunch. So many first dates and countless parents with children who want to enjoy the luxury of eating out without the risk of a child throwing a tantrum because bedtime is nearing and because dinner is long. Also, who doesn't like a croissant? Everyone can eat something. Huh. That is really interesting because that is very different than how I interpret brunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, gosh, I, I mean, like, like maybe, maybe there are pockets of American communities that would like go on like a brunch date for like a first date or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I cannot say that I've ever considered that. Yeah, I feel I've been on brunch dates, but it was never a first date because to me, brunch is a long endeavor. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be there a couple hours. At least. (laughs) Exactly, at least. And you probably do spend, in that two hours, you get more food than perhaps you normally would or should. (laughs) And also, yes, the drinks. So it does feel like this very luxurious, long meal, in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Although, right, you know, there's definitely, huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is definitely a a culture of like of like going out to grab like a like a coffee and a pastry, right? But I would not define that as brunch. That's like exactly. a coffee and a pastry, right? <laughs> That's like a coffee break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Sarah wrote, I was listening to the Campbell Soup episode, and when you were listing the Campbell Soup varieties, you were surprised that cream of shrimp soup exists. My mother-in-law has a recipe for broccoli puff, and my husband wanted it for Thanksgiving. Apparently, her secret ingredient is cream of shrimp soup. When I told her that I would substitute cream of mushroom because I couldn't find it and can't stand seafood, she pretty much refused to give me the recipe. So I told her that if she sent me the cans for it, I would use it. She did. And that one time I used the cream of shrimp soup, which in case you're wondering has a weird pink color to it. I took a small bite. It was fine, but I couldn't get past the shrimp. So every other year it's been either cream of mushroom or cream of chicken because it's my kitchen and I can. But don't tell her. <laughs> if you are interested, here's the recipe. Um, melt together one can of cream of shrimp soup, one stick of butter, eight ounces of cream cheese, 
uh, one half cup of milk, and pour over two 12 to 16 ounce bags of broccoli florets in a 9 by 13 pan. Then mix a stick of butter and a cup of bisquick into a crumb mixture. Put that on top. Bake at 350 Fahrenheit until hot and bubbly. <laughs> I've never heard of a broccoli puff, but I, I love the name. Yeah, uh, and this sounds delicious. <laughs> It really does. And I'm sorry that we read this and uh, maybe uh, <laughs> your secret might get out. <laughs> oh, oops. Uh, hopefully she doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. Uh, hopefully not. Um, but also I love so much. People do get really protective of their recipes. And that she was pretty much like, you're, you're either doing it this way or no Or way. not. Or not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is the only way. No substitutions, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, Uh, Thanks so much to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.